Welcome to Just Keep Rolling. I'm Ellen. And I'm Katie. This isn't a normal episode for us. With everything that has been going on in society, we just wanted to step aside from Harry Potter for a minute and address America's reaction to the recent unjust deaths of several black people, including George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and so many others. We wanted to take the time and address the protests and the riots, as well as the racism that exists in society. And to do so properly, we invited one of our keepers and patrons, Quincy Tyree, to join us and give us the perspective that we lack as cis white women. Thank you so much for joining us, Quincy. Hi, you guys. I actually am honored to be on this episode because, you know, this is my favorite podcast in the world right now. I no, I literally listen to this podcast when I'm falling asleep, and if I miss something, I'm like, well, I gotta start it over on my way to work. Aww. Yeah. So I'm happy to be here. Oh, before we start, I do want to, you know, just a little comic relief, and let everybody know that I'm still the reigning champion. <laughs> yeah, he has an eight-week streak answering our weekly trivia question mm-hmm. that nobody has come near yet. No, no nobody big deal. can even come close. So, just a little about myself. I'm 28. Don't tell anybody else. I'm 28. Gryffindor. I am a gay rights activist, rapper, writer, songwriter now, too. And I recently got into activism for other topics as well. The main reason that I even got into activism is when I was in seventh grade, one of my close friends actually committed suicide because he was being bullied. So when I heard what happened, I decided that I need to take a stand because bullying for me, is just like, it's a no-go. Like I was bullied. Luckily, it never got to the point where I killed myself. There have been, you know, times where I had bad thoughts, but it never got to a point where I killed myself personally. So I wanted to be a light for other people and show people that it does get better. You get used to how people think and you make a big difference. But that doesn't mean that other people need to be assholes. Mm-hmm. A satchel of dicks, if you will. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you shouldn't have to get used to right. how people think. Yeah. That's another thing, though. It's like... You get used to it, and then you get older, and you're like, well, what what mental scars does this leave on me? Or what mental scars have this led, left on other people? Because now some people I know have trust issues because they were bullied or because yeah. of, you know, what is going on in the world. It's like, it's it's disgusting. You know, you see a lot of pain in the world, and you can't, you can't explain any of it because you don't know why people act the way that they do. We call oh, yeah. it human nature, but, you know humans uh, can't trust them yeah facts (laughs) so with everything that's been going on recently why do you think the george floyd situation caused such a stir more so than the trayvon martin situation well so i think what it is is if you look at history right there's always been that underlying thing of something unjust happens, right? And then we protest. And then we've tried to keep it as peaceful protest. And I think there's only so many different ways that you can peacefully protest before you get so angry that it turns into something else. 
because even looking at Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick was trying to peacefully protest and got kicked out of the NFL. You know, Trayvon Martin, there were peaceful protests after his murder and George Zimmerman got off. And I think yeah. people did not mm-hmm. want that same, they don't want the same conclusion. They want something different. They want everybody involved in jail. And then after that, they want a reform of the police station. They want right. they want change. And it's been proven in history that sometimes getting angry brings that change. You know, mm-hmm. yes, we have Martin Luther King, but there was also Malcolm X by any means necessary. And even Martin Luther King said it himself, you know, riots are a voice of the unheard. So people are feeling like they haven't been heard and they want to get their points across. And I think that's understandable. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think about the riots and how they've progressed? So I tell people that I don't like the riots. I understand the riots. Like, you know, I understand why they are happening and I understand, you know, what they are for. But I don't like the idea that people have to answer violence with more violence. It's not a pretty situation, but do I understand them and do I think they're going to get a change? Yes. Like, it's a scary situation because you're looking at these riots on TV and then you're like, oh, now it's happening in my city. And then you have to get up the next day and you're driving there and it's like, they messed up the mall, they messed up, you know. And the funny thing is, the rioters and the protesters are not the same people. Mm-hmm. They're true, being true. portrayed as the same people, but they are not the same people. And that's why I think that it's so frustrating because people are pinning it on the protesters. In my city, people protested for 12 hours straight, peacefully. And then after 7 o'clock, the people started getting sprayed with tear gas and things of that nature because rioters were coming out. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of getting blended together. What do you think about the police response that has been very violent to nonviolent protesters? I think it's one of those situations, if I had a chance to talk to the police, I would say, this is why we're protesting to begin with. So we're protesting police brutality and you answer with police brutality. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense at all to me because I'm like, so you're being violent towards these peaceful protesters because they're protesting how you are doing your job wrong. It it just doesn't make sense. Now, I'm not going to say that all cops are bad because I'm like, I know some decent cops. And, you know, it's just the handful that we need to change. It's it's like I was telling you um, about uh, another conversation. I said, I agree with 75%, but that 25% is dangerous. That 25% can make or break something is like that one bad apple spoils the bunch so if we have a hundred bad apples like just throw it all away and start over right yeah well like it's a systematic problem right so it's it is individuals within a system but the system has been protecting them mm-hmm. right and i think the the issue is the system is protecting them but the system was put in place for a really bad reason so it's like now we have to change the whole system and now we have to figure out 
what the underlying reason because you remember like the police force was put in place to capture runaway slaves and things of that nature and then it turned into something different so now that we don't need that that particular system anymore like let's find something that works better it's not saying no get rid of all, all cops and no let's like let's find a different system that works better that everybody is protected and if we can mm-hmm. find that and get that together, then I think the situation will kind of solve itself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we as humans have evolved, then why shouldn't the systems and the right places we live, why shouldn't they evolve as well? Right. right. And we're supposed us. to be the most yeah. evolved race on the planet. So let's mm-hmm. act like it. Amen. Facts. Have you been in situations where you felt unsafe because of being stopped by a police officer not unsafe or threatened or it it wasn't even the police officers actually i was walking around a convenience store and i just noticed this lady kept following me around like me and my friends were going to a different side of town more you know high i guess high class or more money or whatever and to visit another friend we stopped at the convenience store and the lady i guess owned the store she started following me around and I'm like, I don't understand why this woman's following me around. You know, I'm just trying to get my food and go. So I walk out after we pay for everything, walk out. There's two cops and they're like, this lady felt like you were being really suspicious. Can you turn out your pockets? And I'm just like, oh, OK, you know, cool. But because it's one of those situations where you're thinking, like, could it ever be me? And I was like thinking Mm -hmm. if I ever got pulled over by the wrong cop, how would I react? How would I get myself out of that situation? Like even I want to say two years ago in the neighborhood that I live in, there was a serial killer. Like he was randomly shooting people, getting off the bus, walking down the street and they were looking for him. I went to the convenience store over here and I'm walking home. And then next thing I know, three unmarked cops stopped me and six people hopped out of the car. I'm like... I'm one person and six people are surrounding me. I didn't I, mm-hmm. I didn't feel afraid because no one pulled their gun, but I'm like, well, am I going to jail cuz I didn't do anything? Right. It could have escalated to that though. You don't know. Yeah, you don't know how it's going to end. That's insane. Oh. But yeah, it could have escalated and that's the one thing that unfortunately went through my mind because I'm like, what if it did escalate? But for whatever reason, I wasn't afraid. I was like, I'm going to go ahead and go home because I live right there. And I'm pointing to my house. I'm like, if y'all want, you can walk me to the house. But I live right there. And it was one of those situations where I'm like, okay, I'm lucky. And I got lucky. How many people didn't get lucky? How many people are not being publicized? You know, how many people died that didn't get their name out there? Yeah. Well, and how many people are still being assaulted and it's just not gory enough or gruesome enough to end up on the news? Or there doesn't happen to be someone there with a camera who's going to film it. One of my associates had actually told me about a story. They got stopped by the cops and he's half black and he's gay. And the cop pulled him out of the car, patted him down and saw that he was wearing like quote-unquote sexy underwear and basically called his cop friends and made my friend show like expose himself to cop friends 
but the story never got picked up or anything and so the cop is still driving around tampa who knows doing it to other people oh my god that is so dehumanizing and that's what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. you force him to basically strip down and show his backside to to your cop friends and y'all are over here laughing at him you threw all his belongings on the ground and i'm like sir that's like you should have reported it he said well i reported it i'm like and what happened did you follow up and he's he was basically saying he was so scared that he didn't think anything was going to come from it and i'm like even if you feel like it will never get picked up or anything you need to report it because that's your humanity that's your lifestyle like you don't deserve to be made fun of by anybody especially not any grown-ass police officer who is supposed to protect and serve Right. I hate hearing stories like that because I'm like, at the end of the day, our tax dollars is paying them to treat us like garbage. Yeah. yeah. We don't really get to hear stories like that. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's very eye-opening. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of people that need to hear stories like that. Definitely. There's one situation where somebody asked me, basically, I don't hear anything about police brutality. I think these are like isolated situations. And I told them, I'm like, unfortunately, you're not going to hear these stories because I don't want to say they don't apply to them, but it's more so of you're not in that situation. So it's like the situations that you are in, you see more of. So uh, yeah. yeah, me being gay and black, I tend to be around more gay black people. So I hear like different different types of stories yeah and i told him i said you being a cisgendered heterosexual white male that is just out of high school and you live in a gated community and you have mommy and daddy buy you this big pickup truck for your birthday sir like we don't live the same lifestyles so of course you're not going to hear it and he's like, well, well, I don't think that mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think that's fair to say. I'm like, it's totally fair to say because it's it's factual information. You know, I'm not saying it to be mean or anything, but it's unfortunately you live in a bubble. I think you could make the argument that everybody lives in their bubble, and it's about damn time we break out. Yeah. Right. So, how do you feel about non-black people telling black people? how they should feel about the riots. See, that's just like one of those situations to where you kind of want to tell them like, this is not your, I don't want to say not your place, but it's like, it's, it's one of those things like, this is not your battle. You can't tell someone how they should or should feel about something. And I think uh, in any case, whether it's being bullied for being gay or someone telling you that they don't like your haircut or something of that nature, if it hurts your feelings, it hurts your feelings. So anybody that tells somebody else, oh, you should not feel this way, I'm like, how are you going to tell me how I, how I feel about something? It's almost condescending in a way because it's like, you know, things I don't tell people how they are supposed to feel so don't tell me how i'm supposed to feel yeah now what positive or negative effects of the protests and riots have you personally felt the positive effects is definitely the officer arrested and they also arrested like the Mm -hmm. uh, the three officers that were there the next um personally um what i've seen was one they burned down a um gas station in my city 
and I found out that there was somebody actually inside of the gas station when they burned it down. And oh my gosh. Right. And I felt upset about that mainly because I'm like, now we're killing people. And I don't think that that was the intention that we had when we started this whole thing. You know, if we're going to protest, we can protest. But what's the point in taking another life that is that that's not needed? And that's why I say, you yeah. know, when it comes down to the pro, I'm, I'm pretty sure the rioters have the same intentions as others. But I feel like when it comes down to the rioters, I would hope that killing is not one of the things that we have to lean into. Like, another senseless death for what? Mm -hmm. Do you think the black community will see justice anytime soon? It's one of those situations to where you hope and, you know, there has been strides, just like in the LGBT movement. There have been great strides, but we have a long way to go. There's always a long way to go. But with allies and people fighting with us, there's always hope. And that's one thing that I love is the fact that there is hope. If there wasn't hope, the I, I don't even remember that officer's name, but he wouldn't he wouldn't be in jail if there wasn't hope. Yeah. What do you say to people who use the term all lives matter? So it's funny to me because, of course, you know, the conversation goes, of course, all lives matter. Nobody's saying all lives doesn't matter. But the reason for Black Lives Matter is there is a need to remind people that people of color are human, too specifically black people are human too so Mm -hmm. we're not saying that your life doesn't matter we're reminding you that our lives matter as well so when we say black lives matter it's like yeah black lives matter as well that's not gonna look nice on a t-shirt i just recently saw i think it was a tweet or something where somebody had said the same people who are saying all lives matter are the people who think saying happy holidays leaves out christmas oh yeah definitely happy holidays it's all inclusive so i don't have if you're jewish or if you celebrate kwanzaa or anything of that nature it's the holiday season happy holidays they're all the same people i feel like the people that all lives matter just really want to make things difficult for no reason just say that you don't like black people and we'll be okay and I'll avoid you. I'll hang out with Ellen and Katie over here. <laughs> you know, we'll talk about Harry Potter and you'll talk about uh, Project Runway because it wasn't good after the sixth season. <laughs> what do you think about those people who say they don't see color? I always thought if you don't see color, maybe you should see color because that will cut down on a lot of insensitive topics that people talk about. I was at work the other day, and basically the guy was saying, well, I don't understand the riots, so I don't understand why racism is still a thing because I don't see color. And I'm like, if you saw color, you would understand that, one, this is a very inappropriate conversation in front of a bunch of six-year-olds. That's really one. And two, that maybe the reason that people are rioting is because we see black people die on a consistent basis. And the fact that it's on a consistent basis is why we are rioting. And the fun he said was, well, y'all don't riot when black people kill other black people. And I'm like, see, and this is why you should see color. Because Mm -hmm. you will understand that that's not an appropriate answer to any of this. Because there are reasons why we are not rioting when there is black on black crime. 
There are reasons why we are writing when a cop kills a black man. There are reasons. And I feel like a little bit of more education would cut down on all of that. So what is your response to people who say, well, what about black on black crime then? Well, so the response is when a black man or a black woman kills a black man or a black woman, they get life in prison. When a cop kills a black man or a woman, they get suspended with pay. And that's the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes they just get away with it. Yeah. Right. For, and that's the like simplest explanation of the answer. Is black people get life in prison. A cop would get away with it. Like in George Zimmerman's case, I think he got, what, probation maybe? Here's a little slap on the wrist. Yeah, yeah, it was barely anything. And the funniest thing is that George Zimmerman isn't even white, but he is quote unquote white passing. So it's like, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. And this is why people are pissed the fuck off, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. What do you say to people who tell racist jokes? So I've had conversations with black people about this. Me personally, I tell people, don't don't say a racist in front of me and don't say the N-word in front of me. It's just like, I don't want anybody to say, excuse my language, faggot in front of me. I don't want, like, I don't want to hear it. And my friend was basically like, well, you're the main one say you can't tell people how to feel. I'm like, I understand. I'm not the vocabulary police. I'm not going to tell you what you can and cannot say, but I can say that I would like for you not to do that in my presence. You know, and if you can't respect my presence, you're not my friend. So what you do around the coffee table at your own house, Mm -hmm. you know, own house. But if I hear it, it's going to be a whole different story. And we might get into an argument. We might get into a fight. You might never see me as a friend again. Because there's no there's no place for it. Like yeah. there there are funny things, and then there's just like tasteless things. And I feel like if people find tasteless things funny, like that just says a lot about their character. I can still remember the first time I heard my grandmother make a a racist joke, and it made me look at her entirely differently. I still can't see her the way I used to. I I feel like everybody in the world has made a race based joke somewhere in their lives, like. I, I've been eight or nine and I've made some, you know, racial jokes because I'm like, I'm, I don't know any better, but it's, it's one of those things. It's like, way better, you definitely do better. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you believe that people with a racist past can change? I would hope so. I say I hope so because actually me and Ellen were talking about it the other day and I'm like, there's been people that I've seen that had racist past and they've, you know, donating to organizations to help with the Black Lives Matter movement. But the funny thing is, this morning, as I scroll through YouTube and said person I'm talking about, Jeffree Star, did something racist. And I was like, I was rooting for Mm. you. Everybody out here was rooting for you. So I would hope so. I would hope education would open people's eyes and say, this isn't right. I would hope education would let people know that there are way more important than hating on somebody because of their skin color or their lifestyle, because we all bleed the same. We all want the same things. Well, I will hope we all want the same thing, and that's to live in peace. Yeah. So I would hope so. Now, what do you think about when we see it all the time with politicians Mm -hmm. is a politician's been 
doing whatever and goes to run for president or goes to run for a higher office. And then out of the woodwork comes, oh, when they were in college, they did this. Do you believe that they should be judged? Judged, yeah. Based on something that they did when they were younger? In a sense, yes. And in a sense, no. Because like I said, when I was younger, I've made some tasteless jokes. And would I want to be judged for it? No. But if I would definitely want to be held accountable and apologize for anything. So it's all about actions definitely speak louder than words so if you did some fucked up shit and then as you gotten older you're like oh that wasn't right let me um atone for what i did and let me make up for what i did and you know help this organization that for me i'd be like okay they have sincerely changed Mm -hmm. but yeah like if you've done something in your past and you've atoned for it in the future um leading up to the present i definitely feel like live and let live we've all done crazy things the human brain isn't even fully developed until your mid-20s so i think the things that you do before then you should have the opportunity to show that you've changed but i think that those people that have pasts and they haven't shown they've changed i don't think that's going to be enough but if like i think saying uh, yeah i was young and dumb sorry like I grew up, I know how awful that was. I'm embarrassed by myself. I think that can go a long way as long as you don't have any of those instances in your more recent past. Yeah. I also feel like they need to be brought up by you as well, like by the actual person as well, as opposed to something that was dug out of the closet or dug out of Twitter or whatever. Also, though, in those cases, it's it's almost as if we forget about things that we've done in our past. Or you probably don't even have the opportunity to bring it up because the internet, no, they say that the devil works fast, but Chris Jenner works faster. The internet works faster <laughs> than both of them. Because how many times has somebody said something dumb on online and then two seconds later they're like, yeah, but in your past you did this, 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 you had sex with that person, you called that person the N-word and you did that. And it's almost as if I don't even have the energy to be offended anymore. I'm like, I don't have the energy to be offended by something you said 10, 15 years ago. Yes, it was mad. It was mad tacky, but you got fired. If you get fired for it, like, I don't have the energy to be mad. Yeah, I think it's one thing to let it go. It's another to be mad again if they repeat it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I let it go. You got fired. Actions have consequences. And you hope that they learn something from it. Right. And that's another thing. It's like, now what did you learn? Oh, nothing. Oh, that's why you're broke now. Because you, you don't you don't listen. Yeah. And, you know, I was actually kind of... Have you ever defended somebody? Like, really defended somebody? And then they did just, like, some fucked up things. And then, you, like, your feelings are actually kind of personally hurt. Um, You're just like... Yes. Like, Gee, I, I can think of someone. <laughs> <laughs> I think the three of us can think of someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I defended you over and over and over. And then you, it was like, blow to the gut. And yeah. That's how I feel about Jeffree Star and somebody else's name who starts with a J, but you know. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so 
we talked about this a little bit earlier through Facebook because mm-hmm. you had posted about it. But I would like you to share with the people listening what the difference between racism and prejudice is. The exact post I said was, I do not believe that black people can be racist because in my mind and from what I've seen, racism is more of a systematic thing. You know, you have the power to stop black people from getting jobs or you have the power to stop black people from being on certain television shows and in certain movies. And, you know, you have to work twice as hard to get half as much And from my experience, when it comes down to prejudice, anybody can be prejudiced. You have a certain preconceived notion of why you don't like someone of a certain race or nationality or whatever. Gender or... Right. And Mm -hmm. anybody can be prejudiced. Does it make it right? No. But there is, in my opinion, a very clear difference between racism and prejudice. I believe the actual definition of racism is that there has to be the perception that one race is better than another because of the race difference. Right. And in my mind, well, most of the Black people that I know, they don't think that way. They don't think that we're better than you, uh, you because we're Black. Everything that I see that, you know, black is beautiful and this, that, and the other, it's basically black people lifting themselves up, trying to undo the social construct that was put in our minds that we are, you know, ugly because of the color of our skin or because we have wider nostrils or bigger lips or our hair is a little bit more coarse. It's like we're trying to love ourselves. That's not saying that we're better than anyone because of all these things that we love about ourselves. We're saying that because we love ourselves, then we can put ourselves up higher. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more so of building ourselves up from people who've torn us down. Very well said. Mm-hmm. So what is your perception of white privilege? I saw this post today. Uh, it was a, it was either today or yesterday, and it says, white privilege is having a whole dictionary of words and then getting mad uh, that you cannot say one word. That's very good. Yeah. It, it's more so of if I call the cops and my white friend calls the cops, one of two things is going to happen. Because I, I saw this today. Someone called the cops on his girlfriend. And she was white, he was black. He actually ended up getting arrested because she said that he hit her. Mm. And it could have been, you know, white privilege or it could have been the fact that she was female. But it's like she said that she got hit. There were no scars or bruises or anything on her. And he got arrested. And it was one of those situations where I was like, I, I always say... That, one, I hope that I'm never in a situation where the cops are called on me, period. But I always say I hope I'm never in a situation that if the cops are called on me that I end up getting arrested because of hearsay. Mm-hmm. And it's, it really is a sad thing because then you have what they call barbecue Beckys or, you know, all the all these people that are in public spaces that feel the need to call the cops on somebody because somebody looks suspicious. And it's just like, it's cool that you have that privilege, but like, why would you abuse that privilege? That Yeah, I think Trevor Noah made the point that 
the one where the the white woman called on the black man in the park Mm -hmm. and he made the point that she used that white privilege as a weapon yeah yeah i personally and i will say this i i don't see a problem with having a certain privilege everybody we me as a man i have more privilege than my sister me as an american i have more privilege than some of my like i have friends um pen pals overseas in ethiopia like i have more privilege in as a american citizen than you know some immigrants it's when you start using your privilege as a weapon that's when you get the side eye yeah or when you're taylor swift and then you use your privilege as you know something to help build people up i was like cool it's not the it's fact all that how you, you use your privilege right right yeah. it's it's not the fact that you have it it's how you use it yeah mm-hmm. and i think the simplest way that i've heard it described is white privilege is when the color of your skin doesn't make a situation worse for you yeah right that's the most beautiful way i've heard it as well is because you have all it's a lot of people like we were talking about early that live in a bubble and Mm -hmm. they don't acknowledge their bubble that's when those conversations come up to where it's like well i've never i've never seen a cop do anything i was like of course you haven't yes you haven't seen that because you are privileged right and i I would hope that most people don't see that. Like, it's it's not a pretty sight. It's not a pretty sight to see someone get thrown to the ground and claim that they have a weapon. It's not. There's this video going around now that I saw. This cop, she she wanted to stop and talk to this little girl. She was a white a white cop, and she wanted to talk to this little black girl because she was like, "Your dress is so pretty." The, she so she stops the girl and she says hi and the girl immediately she had to be like six or seven years old she throws her hands up in the air and starts crying oh my and god like, it's a shame because that's how she's conditioned and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's probably things that she probably watched the news with her mom or sees her mom scrolling through facebook and seeing this yeah. but it took or maybe like, something happened to her mom personally even right or her dad even mm-hmm. and it's like it's a shame that a little black girl has to think like that and that's why i say i would hope if i do ever have children if a very strong if i ever do have <laughs> children that th- i would teach them that it's not about being afraid it's about being aware but unfortunately even being aware certain cops don't even care about that they think if you, right they think if you're scared and you raise your voice because you're frustrated that you're being you're becoming aggressive and yeah. i think the whole police force needs a sensitivity training Oh, yeah. I think they need a whole lot of different training in general and more and longer. Yeah. And psych evaluations. It only takes six months to become a cop. I I feel like it should take a little bit longer. I've always thought that myself, actually. It takes how long to become a doctor, but it takes six months to become a cop. Yeah. And both people have lives. Both of them have lives to watch over and take care of and save. exactly you know it's not like you're becoming a firefighter you know you're dealing with dangerous weapons and i think it it probably takes longer to become a firefighter too i mean i did i went through six years of college to become a teacher now you don't have to have a master's but that's what i did Mm -hmm. i didn't know you had a master's come on hermione Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Of course she's got a master's. Of course she I wouldn't she expect does. anything less. Exactly. But <laughs> that just goes to show it takes longer to become a teacher. It takes longer to become a doctor. It takes longer to become a lawyer. And I feel like there needs to be a lot more training. I agree. I just feel like to become a police officer, you need to have so much more understanding. You and do. not just of the law, but of people. Yeah, psychology yeah. training. Like, I mean, I had to take psychology classes to become a teacher. Why would they not have to take psychology classes to become a police officer? I had to take psychology classes to work at a group home. Yeah. It's crazy. It took me eight months as well to become a model. I went to school for modeling. These, it's you could have just become a cop. I could have become <laughs> a cop. That's what I'm going to do next. I'm going to become a cop. <laughs> Change the system from within. Actually, I can't be a cop because I have asthma. Me too. Asthma buddies. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Just, I can already imagine myself running down, trying to chase someone down with my asthma pump. Right? I'm nesting. Now I'm imagining the two of you in an asthmatic buddy cop movie. (laughs) We'd be that the would be worst amazing. Cop but it'd be a hilarious ever. movie. Stop the name of the law. <laughs> but you know what? You'd both know how to talk to people. Right. right. You have to when you can't run. <laughs> right. They have so many restrictions on what can make you not become a cop, but they don't enforce all of them. And it's really weird. The system is so flawed yeah it is but you know how there's beauty in certain flaws and i think the beauty in this flaw is that if there weren't so many corrupt cops that are killing innocent unarmed people of color then we wouldn't be able to see the racism that still goes on today because you wouldn't understand how many times i hear it well i thought racism was over did you did you well, there's, I've heard people that think, like, there are actually white people that think because we don't have slaves anymore, the racism yeah. is over. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard that way more times than I'm actually comfortable with. I explain to people, like, yeah, slavery was over. Let's not forget all the years of segregation. That was literally only 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. My grandmother went to an all-black school. Like I, And I told you, I taught in a school that... It's not meant to be segregated anymore, right. but because of white flight, it I've taught at all black schools before. Mm-hmm. It's not an enforced segregation, but it's still the same. Mm-hmm. And then there's those few, I have to say few because Facebook fact-checked me, those few <laughs> Chick-fil-A um, restaurants that refuse to let, allow their employees to speak out about Black Lives Matter. Yeah, well, that's a that's like a franchise. Yeah. Those are private owners uh, for the different stores. But then there was Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And that one hurt my feelings. I was personally attacked on that one. I <laughs> love Starbucks. Every morning before work, a venti caramel frappuccino with extra caramel drizzle with sea salt on top and a double smoked ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> but isn't it crazy how these big businesses will reverse anything that they say just because they start losing customers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they honestly probably thought that showing the support was going to make them lose customers and then realized they were wrong and were like, oh, we got a backpedal. Yeah. 
I've seen the backpedaling so much, and it, it's one of those crazy things where do you believe them, or is it just they don't want to lose you as a customer? And, and saving and, face, yeah. Right. I think a lot of it is saving face. Yeah. Which is why, even though they backpedaled, I'm just going to keep trying to find coffee from local-owned places. Mm -hmm. And, like, like, oh, so many lists have come out lately of Black-run businesses that you can support Mm -hmm. that I've been trying to look into that more so that I can do more than just sit at my computer and argue with white people who don't get it. Yeah, I've been trying to find those same places too because i don't have the patience to argue with stupid white people <laughs> who don't get it and i, I just definitely. i i'm one of those i have to stay quiet because i don't have the patience for it like i just i'm not a good debater <laughs> i'm a master debater ah, you're well, gross I hope you wash your hands after. <laughs> <laughs> i actually wanted to ask you since we're on this topic how do you think non-black people can best help black people I, I think I made a post about it. It's like at at this point in time, it's not enough to be non-racist. You have to be anti-racist. You have to mm-hmm. be actively against it. Like if someone says something racist, you you have to be that one person who say, "Yo, that's not cool." And of course, support black businesses, but also support the black actors or the black movies that come out because there's those times where those are so great movies that come out and they don't get the same traction as the big budget white owned theaters it's like so showing more support and actually going to see these people in movies and things of that nature and listening to you know new musicians and going to black owned businesses and things of that nature it helps immensely because then they can do more and then it wouldn't have to be oh we need a quota in a black movie or oh we need a quota to have black people working in here it's like well you don't need a quota because now we're everywhere now we're doing the same amount getting paid the same amount and it's not just we're trying to fill a certain quota yeah another thing is remember always block a Karen Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Do you think that Trump will be reelected? I certainly hope not. It's not even the fact that he's racist. It's just like, who allowed this man on Twitter? Mm-hmm. I am personally offended by Donald Trump's aura. And at this point, it's a, it's a lesser of the two evils, and anything is better than Donald Trump. I do not want him to be impeached because Mike Pence is way worse than Donald Trump. Yeah. And I think it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't. And I don't trust quiet people at all. I don't. That's why I love Katie so much. Because <laughs> if you're too quiet, I don't know what's going through your mind. I don't know what you're thinking. But at least I know what Donald Trump has going on. Well, he he's the opposite of quiet. He has no idea how to shut his mouth yeah. or stop typing. He has no mute button. He needs one. Yes. That? All I can say about Donald Trump is make sure you register to vote. And voting has never been more important than now because even in 2016, I thought him running for president was a joke. And I, I was yeah. Like, I did not think that could be a reality. And it has been worse than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 
he just reversed all the trans protection laws that um, I saw Obama, that. Yeah, and I'm just like, sir. So at this yeah. point, all I can say is go vote, make your vote count, and if you do not vote, you have nothing to say to me because I don't like those people who don't vote and don't protest and don't do anything, but then they want to complain about everything that's going on in the world. I'm like, what change are you making? If yeah. you don't like it, put efforts in to make a change. I remember the election night. I was working third shift at a candy company, actually. And there was a couple people on shift with me who would update me on their phones. Like, oh, no, Trump got whatever. Yeah. got this state. Trump got that. And I'd just be like, no, no, I don't want to know. No, I don't want to hear. And by the time I got home, it was pretty much already. That was it. He won all that. And I cried to my husband. I was working a graveyard shift. I was working overnight, uh, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. at the mm-hmm. Hard Rock Cafe. And I stopped in the middle of the floor because they had this big old TV. And I saw him. And I was like, are we serious right now? And there was I remember this waitress. She broke down crying because she's, she was an immigrant. She's like, what if her parents get deported? And that's the first thing that went through her mind. Yeah. yeah, I was at this dive bar a couple miles from our house called The Duck. I want to go there. It's, it is the Duck Island. It's a cesspool. <laughs> it is a cesspool, but it's a neighborhood treasure. But we were watching it on the TV there because we don't have cable. And once it started to look really bad, I was like, I have to go home. I can't watch this happen. And I remember waking up the next morning and just being like, oh, Trump is president. This is the world we live in. Okay. But I genuinely, I genuinely, with all my heart, hoped that he would prove my fears wrong and actually be a decent president. I think no matter how much people might not want to admit it, I think everybody had that. Where you're like, I don't think he's going to do good, but I hope he proves me wrong. Yeah. I really do. I hope. Because I did too. I was like, God, I hope I'm wrong. I, I've never wanted Instead, to Instead, he exceeded my expectations. <laughs> exactly. Right. And don't get me wrong. I didn't want Hillary to be president either because I don't think she's that qualified. But I think she's way more qualified than Donald Trump because, you know, like she comparatively, has... Comparatively, yeah. Yeah, comparatively, she's been in the White House. She's been first lady. She's worked in politics for how long? She, and she's undeniably intelligent. She is. Uh-huh. She's very, very smart. And she's something about her that... Just, the pantsuits. I don't trust the pantsuits. <laughs> So who would be your ideal president? My ideal president? Bernie Sanders or Andrew Yang? I love their views. I I love Bernie Sanders. Andrew Yang had amazing views, but so little personality that I had a really hard time getting behind him. Right. I really liked Kamala Harris. Personally. Oh, the teacher and me adored her. Here's the thing I didn't like about Kamala Harris is she's a proven liar. Mm-hmm. She, it was, it was a interview she did, and I can never get past that interview that I'm like, she, she just lied. She's like, well, when I was in college, I would smoke weed and listen to Tupac and um, Snoop Dogg. And I was like, but they came out in the 90s. You went to college in the 80s. You're a liar. It was a nice try, though. Right. And I was like, I don't like the fact that it just felt like she's like pandering to everybody. And I'm like, yeah, but I will still vote for her over Donald Trump any day. Yeah. Yeah. 
I really liked Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, I did too. And I also loved Mayor Pete. <laughs> My friend, I, if Danielle is listening to this, I love her so much. Danielle is so smart. She called Elizabeth Warren Bernie Light. She's like... <laughs> <laughs> she has the same views as Bernie Sanders. And I was like, yeah. I was really getting behind her. And then she just dropped out of the race. And Pete, I knew, like, I knew from the moment that he started running, he was not going to become president. And I was like, I was hoping so much that he would make it. And he made it a lot farther than I thought he would, though. He really did. Well, I think the very fact that he ran and made it as far as he did had to be beneficial. Mm-hmm. That's historical. I, like, I mean, especially as a gay man. Exactly. To see, for you to be able to see a gay man make it that far in a presidential election. Yes. Like, that had to be powerful. Oh, it was very powerful. And I was happy for the fact that he ran and he got far. And because I came out as gay when I was 12 years old. I was 12. And a lot of people say that's young, but there's younger kids than me and, that I know it came out. And I was like, there would never be a gay president. And that was like one thought went through my mind. I also thought there would never be a black president. I was proven wrong. So the mm. fact that it's happening, that it did happen, I love. And the fact that there's so many LGBT representation in politics right now is beautiful. Yeah. Since this is Pride Month, and as we're talking more on this subject, can you share a little bit about your experience as a gay black man? It's been really weird because, well, I've always had the idea that I am black before I am gay because that's the first thing that you see when you see me. But it's also been like one of those situations to where sometimes your own community can turn on you. A lot of people in the black community are real Christian or even like Muslim. So the religious views on homosexuality is always looked down upon Mm -hmm. i've always told people that i've been called a faggot by black people before i was ever called a nigga by white people so it's it's a kind of a double-edged sword at some point i want to stand with black people but then it's like i'm not accepted in that community it's gotten a lot better it definitely has gotten a lot better but it's still one of those situations where people act like they don't see it And at some points I'm like, is it the bubble that you're living in or are you just refusing to see this hatred that goes on in this community? It's the same thing when white people are like, well, I don't think that racism is that bad. I'm like, are you purposely trying not to see what's going on on the news? And that's where I want to get to a point of seeing people accept the fact that yo, this is actually happening and we need to make a change because this is fucking ridiculous. There should be no reason why last year a thousand trans women of color were murdered in the world and nobody spoke about it. Mm-hmm. There, there should be no reason why every other month we're looking at a black person getting killed by cops by every other month. The United States is the leading country in school shootings. Mm-hmm. And a lot of... These, we're number one. Right. America. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of these kids were being bullied and called gay and whatnot. And it's so disheartening because I relate to so many different things. And, it, and then it becomes a competition of, 
well, what part do you relate the most, the gay part or the black part? I've gotten arguments about President Obama because people are like, well, President Obama did more for the gay people than he did for the black people. And it's like, yeah, but he he's a president. He's not just here for one community. He has a whole community of people that he has to look after. It's called the United mm-hmm. States of America, not the United States of black people, not the United States of gay people. So it's like fighting within yourself of what part of you do you relate to most when it's like, all of this is me. I relate to the kids that were getting bullied. Do I think they should be shooting up schools? No, I relate to the trans women of color that are being murdered the kids that are being put out of their house because they came out and said they were gay. I was fortunate enough not to have been put out of my house, but like I've had friends that were put out of their house where I would have to bring them over to my house and say, you can stay here for a little bit and we can figure something out. It's so many different things. And I think being a quote unquote double minority that I see a lot more hatred in the world because I see It's not that I see the world for what it is, but I see what other people have the benefit of not seeing. And I've told people, like, if being gay was a choice, this would be the last choice that I would make because Mm -hmm. it's a heavy burden to carry. But I think that I am this way for a reason so that I can educate people on it. Awesome. It's a great way to look at it. So we sort of touched on this person a little bit earlier, but... How do you feel about J.K. Rowling's tweets regarding the trans community, especially that it's during what could be a pivotal moment for the Black community and its Pride Month? It becomes a disappointment, especially with me. I grew up with her. Not literally, but I was reading Harry Potter. I was... She taught us so many good lessons. Stand up to your friends. Don't let your friends treat you any type of way. Love people for who they are, regardless of how different they are from you. And the fact that it's always easier to take somebody else's advice than your own advice. And I think she proves that so much because... I don't believe that she's transphobic. I don't I don't believe that anything she said was out of hate or malice. I think she is grossly misinformed about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, you can talk to one trans person about trans issues, and, but that doesn't necessarily mean they have the same experiences as another trans person. I know countless trans people and they all have different lifestyles. And I don't think it's fair for her to assume that trans people are trying to dismantle the femininity, the matriarch that is, you know, femininity. Mm -hmm. And then she brought up the whole using the same bathrooms. I'm like, this is the conversation we're going to have? Yes. I always cringe a little bit when someone says, you know, trans people should not use the bathroom for women. And the idea... So there's this really weird idea that trans people want to transition so that they can snatch up everybody's little children right and I'm that's, what just it's, like, that's what it seems to be it's ugh, it, I, I, it doesn't make any sense it's not that different from how gay people were treated when that right. first started becoming a thing that mm-hmm. people would talk about and fight against it's it's ignorance at its finest and yeah and, you know, there's still this thing going on to where people are trying to add pedophilia 
onto the spectrum of you know being LGBTQ plus and because they said the P was supposed to stand for pedophilia. First of all, it stands for pansexuality. It mm-hmm. does not. And it's just like, what is this whole fascination with the LGBT community being painted as pedophiles? And I'm just like, one, I like grown men, you know, preferably with a 401k, tall, dark, and handsome. <laughs> if you know anybody, I'm single. If anything, I'd probably go after your, you know, hot 25-year-old brother rather than your child. So I think it's really much so a thing of ignorance. I don't think that she should be canceled. I think that she should go, This is tell me if this sounds good. Send JK Rowling to a panel and have her just like listen to a spectrum of people from the LGBT community. And I think that will actually open her mind because I think it is a point of, she needs to be educated on a lot of things. She's very smart, very intelligent, wrote seven of the greatest books in history, but she doesn't know everything about everything, but she thinks she does. I feel like that's the most irritating thing about this is she thinks she is educated on it. Right. She was... In her, in her big manifesto, she's like, oh, I've done the research. I've done extensive research. So she thinks she's an expert at this point, and she's not. She referenced a lot of things that are outdated. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Or things that have been disproven. Yeah. Things that take one person's opinion and experience and has somehow, like, I, I know one of the people that she was defending is a lesbian who said that lesbians have made it very clear that they're not comfortable with the asking people their preferred pronouns and every lesbian that i have ever met has been so supportive of that yeah i don't know it's like she's talking to people and reading things that only back up her view so i do think she should be educated but i don't know how open she'd be to it that, yeah. and that's the irritating thing about it you know the funny thing is katie i never read the manifesto i had ellen like give me the cliff notes because i yeah. looked at it i looked at it and i was like okay i'm gonna read this and then i saw how long it was and i was like she has lost her mind <laughs> like i agree it was very it was a very difficult read to get through if i'm being honest I refuse to criticize someone in ignorance, so I wanted to know what I was upset about. Right. And I honestly felt a little bit like I was being gaslit while I was reading it. Oh, yeah. You gave me some of the footnotes, and then I saw a video, um, Clever News, one of my favorite YouTube channels. They broke it down even more, and I was like, like you said, it's so outdated and so... Misguided. Misguided and self-serving. She's Mm -hmm. really self-serving herself. I feel like she's taking some extremist views within the transgender community and acting like that's what everyone thinks. Right. And this is not the first time she's made comments like that. She's done it last year. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she. I think it first really popped up in December and she just double, tripled down on it. Yeah, she's made comments in the further past, but yeah... December is the one that I remember being the most talked about up to that point. But even that comment was misguided. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To say that she was fired because she stated sex was real. That's not what happened. That's That's not why her contract wasn't renewed. And the thing is, J.K. Rowling and a lot of other people have this really misguided thing about 
sex and gender are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. They, nobody is saying that being born biologically a woman isn't real. What people are saying is there is science that backs up that you can actually be born in the wrong body. Well, Justin, one of our other keepers, he was saying that he actually doesn't like that phrase, being born in the wrong body. It's not necessarily they were born in the wrong body. They were born in their body. That's their right. body. That's what Justin was saying. Was It's my body. I was, right. This is the body I was born into. This is it. I'm making myself happy, and I'm being true to myself with the body that I have and doing what I can to make that real for me. And I can't figure out why she thinks that the transgender movement is trying to erase sex. Mm-hmm. Because she, I mean, she was saying that over and over and over again. And I don't, I like, you can still have A and B, even if you have C, D, and E. Yeah. There's no reason why expanding it to a spectrum, there's no reason that it races men and women. Yeah. It, that's not, that's not how that works. That's way too black and white of a view. Yeah. And I just, I have a really hard time swallowing that coming from her. I think... And I could be completely wrong, um, but I've heard this multiple times where people saying adding non-binary to the spectrum, they feel like that the LGBT community is trying to erase gender roles and everything. It's not that the LGBT community wants to erase gender roles. They want to blur the lines so that if you are a woman, you wouldn't be called butch or whatever just because you know how to fix a car. I am a man, and I have no idea how to fix a car. Couldn't change the oil. <laughs> like, don't ask me to change a tire. I have roadside assistance on my phone for things of that nature. So it's <laughs> like, you know, blurring that line really opens up what being a man and a woman really is. Because even I've been I've been told I, I wasn't a real man because I was gay. And I'm just like, what is this whole thing of what is a real man? Right. That's what gets me so much about jk is she seems like she wants to tear down these gender roles and the girl can be the smart one the girl can be the one that is the brains of the operation she doesn't have to just be the pretty one the girl can write one of the most successful book series the world has ever seen exactly but or the the girl can be the quidditch star Remember, she changed her name to J.K. Rowling because she thought boys wouldn't want to read from a girl's point of view. Well, the publishers made her do that. And that is, unfortunately, at the time that the books were published, it probably would have been. That was essentially how it kind of goes, which is terrible. And that's really unfortunate. And I say that she's definitely a product of her time. I like to think that she's not as young as she used to be. So, like, remembering what time she grew up in is not a far stretch to think that that's just how she was raised. I like to think that she's a pod person who's been kidnapped by aliens. Honestly, I yes. like to say Grandma Joe needs her meds. She does. <laughs> I'm still hoping that she pulls a Roseanne and just says she was on Ambien the whole time. It's possible. But that doesn't make it better for me. If she were to learn and come back and apologize... 
Yeah. Then maybe. Yes. But I also think that because this hasn't directly affected me, I mean, it's affected me in the sense of this is a person like speaking of ideal president like we were. There was a point in time where I literally was saying that I wish J.K. Rowling could be our president. Yeah. Like if you asked me if there was anybody in the world that you would have a beer with, alive or dead, who would that be? My answer would have been J.K. Rowling. So like... Now I can't say that. I don't want to meet her. I don't want to have a beer with this person. It doesn't seem like it'd be a good conversation anymore. And that to me is heartbreaking, but that pales in comparison to how this must make trans people feel. Right. Yeah. And I I think I still want to have a beer and have a conversation. Like I would go in there hoping beyond all hope I can say something that would change her mind. But the more that she tweets, like, I unfollowed her on Twitter. I did, too. Same. And so, it's like, the more that she tweets, she's doubling down, tripling down, quadrupling down on all of these thoughts. And Well, and the problem is there's enough other transphobic people in the world that are sending her messages and saying thank you. Right. That it's reinforcing it. Yeah. And she's ignoring. I, well, and unfortunately, too, I think it's understandable that a lot of people were very hurt and lashed out. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that's understandable, but it's also unfortunate because she's going to be far more inclined to ignore that kind of speak. Yeah, she's taking instead it of as take attack. it to heart. Yeah, and not only is she taking it as attack, she's taking it as if it's an attack on a woman. Right, as if she's being told to sit down and shut up because she's a woman. Yeah, not because she's saying things that are hurting an entire community of people. She's it's just the whole thing is unbelievably misguided. It's, mm-hmm. it's very much so that, and that's why I tell people one cancel culture is stupid. I think canceling her is really stupid because when she's made money off of us, it's not going to change the fact that we related to every story in Harry Potter, it makes me kind of iffy to want to go and watch the Fantastic Beast movies. But it's like, I love Eddie Redmayne. I love Johnny Depp. I'm going to see that. I can support them and not take money out of their pockets and still have my thoughts about J.K. Rowling. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's fair to make other people suffer for mistakes that she's made. Right. Now, the question remains, is the studio going to still make these movies? Are they going to back her? I mean, Warner Brothers already released a statement that was 98 words of nothing. Nothing, yeah. Where they didn't denounce her. They talked about being inclusive and being important. And it just... It was lawyer speak and... It was lip service. What was it you were saying about Warner Brothers? If they have to make a choice between what is right and what is profitable, well, that's an easy call. Oh, yeah. And as long as they have the opportunity to continue making money off of those movies, they're going to keep making them. There are so many problematic people in the world that do problematic things, and they get canceled, and they're canceled for like two seconds, and then they're back to their old tricks again. I think that as soon as that Fantastic Beats commercial comes out... I feel like a lot of people are going to be back on there. And I'm and that's no problem because, you know, we relate to the stories and there's really good movies. They are really, yeah. really good movies. Well, I think it's yeah. also important to remember that 
this whole burn your heroes cancel culture thing is unfair. They are people. They will make mistakes. If we put them up on a pedestal, they are going to let us down every single time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's far more important for us to acknowledge that they aren't going to be perfect. They're going to do things wrong. And the best thing that we can do in that situation is make sure we're not letting them get away with it. I agree. Harry Potter is a series that taught so many of us about love and acceptance. And I don't think that shitty words from the creator erases those lessons. Right. And I think that Daniel Radcliffe said it best when he said, if these books taught you that love is the strongest force in the universe, capable of overcoming anything, if they taught you that strength is found in diversity and that dogmatic ideas of pureness lead to the oppression of vulnerable groups... If you believe that a particular character is trans, non-binary, or gender fluid, or that they are gay or bisexual, if you found anything in these stories that resonated with you and helped you at any time in your life, then that is between you and the book that you read. And it is sacred. And in my opinion, nobody can touch that. Yeah. Emma Watson, Rupert Grint, Eddie Redmayne, as well as other people involved in the expansion of the Wizarding World have also spoken out against her words. And I think it's important to remember how many other people are involved in the production of, as we were talking about, of the future Fantastic Beast films and any other Harry Potter related content that comes out later. Not to mention the fact that even though J.K. Rowling is the author of the books, this series would never be what it is without us fans. Right. It's not hers. It's not hers anymore. It's ours. Mm -hmm. And, like, she gave it to us, and we made it into a fantastic fandom, like, a fantastic millions and millions and millions of people. You're welcome. We made you a billionaire. Yeah. Yeah, because we did that. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it taught us how to love and accept, and so... We'll just keep rolling with those lessons. Yeah. Everyone is welcome in the Just Keep Rolling community. It's been growing into such a wonderful place. If it hadn't been for Harry Potter and doing this podcast, we never would have met Quincy. Mm-hmm. And so many other terrific people. Like Justin. Yes. Love, love Justin. Justin. We One love Carly. Carly. Max, Carly, yeah, Diana. I mean, I already knew Diana from before, but... (laughs) We love all of our keepers. We really do. Yeah, everybody that interacts with us on Facebook and Twitter. Instagram. It's been some of... Yeah, yeah, it's been some of the most fun that I've had using social media in a long time. I've missed it. Yeah. Myself. so amazing. Another thing that we wanted to do with this episode was in honor of Black Lives Matter and Pride Month... I took one of my favorite Dumbledore quotes. Differences of habit and language are nothing at all if our aims are identical and our hearts are open. And I designed some merchandise that's going to be on sale on our website. The proceeds of which will be split between the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund and the Trevor Project. These are two of Quincy's favorite nonprofits, so we're going to let him tell you about them. Uh, that's me. Uh, So the Legal Defense and Educational Fund from the NAACP, they are basically, they help uh, people of color get to college. And they also, if you, if you need a lawyer or anything of that nature, they will help fund for the lawyer. 
And I think that is very much so important because it's like there are people who are in jail for things that they did not do, but they cannot afford a lawyer to help get them off or help those cases go away. The Central Park Five, I believe that they used that fund and it took them years to even get exonerated for a crime that they did not do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was one of the most important things that needs to happen. And the Trevor Project is really important to me because, again, uh, growing up as a black gay male, like I got bullied for being gay for so long that I think that it will help other people, especially kids that get kicked out of their own house. They have housing, they help find clothes, they help put them put kids that are kicked out into uh, good places so that they can you know grow up healthy and happy and are not on the streets and they are out of harm's way because a lot of kids get kicked out and on the streets and they end up turning to like having to prostitute to help make a way and but then the Trevor Project comes in and they're like well we'll help feed you get you clean clothes make sure you're in school if you need help we'll help you get a job and I think things like that are so important in this world yeah agreed those are both pretty amazing they really are So check out our equality line on our website at justkeeprolling.com and help support some great nonprofits. We have also created a fundraiser for each if you would like to support either or both without actually making a purchase. You can find those on our Facebook page at JKR Podcast. And also, on June 19th, me and my little brother are releasing a song. And my portion of the proceeds, I'm going to be donating to the NAACP as well. And a portion will go to the Trevor Project. So go ahead and support both of those. Mm -hmm. And when he releases that song for purchase, we will post a link to it on our Facebook page and stuff as well. So you can check it out. Yeah amazing and also i just want to go ahead and say one more time and don't cut this out ellen y'all are the most amazing podcast out right now because there's amazing podcasts out but then there's entertaining amazing podcasts out a lot of people aren't entertaining and y'all have it and i see this podcast blowing up and being a big thing and the next time i answer a trivia question is going to be goblet of fire because my favorite favorite book (laughs) my favorite book well thank you so much for being a listener one of our keepers being a patron order of merlin first class yes order of merlin first Mm -hmm. class the top tier get some all of the extra perks but i like i was saying again thank you so much for doing this episode with us We love getting the chance to actually talk with you and not just type. Oh, uh, yes. And see your beautiful face. And like I said, anytime you want me to come on the show, I will. I love just having open, vulnerable conversations. Sometimes they get deep. Sometimes they don't, you know? This one did get a little bit deeper yeah. than some of our other ones, but we'll be back to our regularly scheduled podcasting on Friday where we'll be covering Chapter 16, The Chamber of Secrets, and the corresponding film scenes. Thank you for joining us for this special episode. We really just wanted to take a moment to say that Black Lives Matter, love is love, trans women are women, and trans men are men. Thanks for being keepers. We see you. We hear you. We love you. 